Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. And that gets us to Max Scherzer, who's also learning the pitch clock. I, I want to make something clear, because I kind of ranted against Max Scherzer on the air the other day. I got no issue with Max Scherzer. My only issue is that he sucked in the playoffs. That, that's, that's it. And I guess my issue is that some Met fans just talk about him like he's done something for us, which, other than a you know 20 regular season starts, he hasn't. And everything that comes out of his mouth is like, oh, this is great. I love Max Scherzer. He's amazing. He's this, he's that, he's this. Look, I want to love Max Scherzer too. I have a bad taste in my mouth, as we all should. He crapped the bed against the Braves and crapped the bed even worse against the San Diego Padres. But him manipulating the pitch clock, which he was bragging about after his first spring start, completely fine. There are going to be new kind of ways to game the system, right? New kinds of ways to play with the new rules. And spring training is a time in which we figure it out. So Max is sitting there bragging about, hey, I get that batter in the box at eight. I can make him wait till one before I pitch. And and he's right. Of course you can. But the problem Max has to realize is that you eventually have to throw the pitch before it hits zero, (laughs) which happened to him a couple of days ago on a double play ball. Now watching that play, because I think one of the big reactions we all had, if you heard about it or saw it was, oh man, could you imagine this in a regular season game? Guy doesn't get the pitch off in time, double play. It's taken off the board because it's a violation. We're all going to go nuts. You know what I would say? It's the same thing I said when I saw the clip, get the pitch off before it hits zero, dude. Like I- I'm not railing against the rule i'm railing against max had the ball in his hands he's on the mound what are you waiting for and then his answer this answer and we have audio of it is just so you know what i'm not going to give you an opinion i'm gonna let you listen to the audio and then everybody can form an opinion and pete and i can discuss but again max scherzer throws a pitch after the clock hits zero pitch is hit into a double play umpire quickly rules violation violation Double play ruled off the board. Here's what Max had to say about the clock. And seeing how the umpire called it, I mean, it was on zero zero for a one count. I think that's one thing I also want to make sure we get cleaned up on the rules is like, you know, is, you know, if you look at a basketball uh, clock when it goes zero zero, like there's still another second on zero zero. So I want to make sure it's not zero zero, like the moment it hits zero zero, or is there a little time on zero zero? Probably need to get a little clarification on that as we move forward. You need clarification, Max. Here's the clarification. Throw that effing ball before it hits zero zero. Okay? That's the clarification. Do, do we really need tenths of a second on the clock, Max? Is that what you're looking for? 
Throw the freaking ball before it hits zero. When it hits one, pitch. That's it. What are you shaking your head about, Pete? Don't defend him on this. I'm telling. I'm telling. No, but this is the reason why. I I knew this. There was the. Listen, you're right. Spring training is going to be chaotic. We're here for the ride. It's a circus. It's good. But there are so many issues with the clock. And again, we told we just saw the other day too where someone got called out. I think it was Severino was on the mound. Or someone was on the mound. Wasn't set. Wasn't right. ready to go. He was like messing around. And the batter just took that as, all right, well, he's not ready. I don't have to be ready. Eight seconds are there. He's not ready. He's not in the box. They call strike even though the, the, the Severino wasn't set. The point is, it's like there's all these rules that people have to adjust to, and people have, you know. I know that it makes it sounds like it's clear. Ball players, the batter's got to be in there at eight seconds. Got to throw the ball before it hits zero. But if you're if you're starting the wind up before one, is that when is it? What, like soon as you these- no no, as soon as you start your wind up, it clocks off. You're good to go. So you could start that. The problem is you can't wait till zero. That's it. Yeah, that, that's that, it. Don't but, wait but, till but, zero. But but that's the thing though, is it's true though. It's it's if you're gonna go to the exact point of it hitting I, I mean, I don't know. Like I in football, you snap a ball, there's always a delay. Isn't there? I feel like yeah. you and I watch football, we we see sometimes it hits zero and then the ball comes and snaps. It's like, well, how is that possible? Yeah, I think there's like a beat in the NFL because we see it a lot of times that a play clock will hit zero, we're screaming delay a game. Ball is snapped. Everything's fine. Uh, the, the batter stepping in the box at eight is a little bit different. It's a little bit different. And I think that one is less. It's it's tougher for us to see because, the first of all, a lot of times now with these games, we're not seeing the clock before eight. They're not showing it to us. In the games I've watched, the coverage has been so different. Like I, I told you, I was watching the Marlins telecast of Mets Marlins on Saturday for the first few minutes. I couldn't even find the clock. I don't know where the hell it was. And then finally, it looked like it was popping up at five. And and a lot of times, they're not showing us the batter at eight seconds. They're showing us other things around a baseball stadium. A fan shot, the shot of the manager, a shot of someone warming up in the bullpen. So that eight-second thing is more of a, for us as fans, it's going to be a trust thing because we don't see it a lot of the times. The, the pitching by zero or getting into your windup before zero is just simple. You got to do it before zero. No, I don't think we have to get so cute about this. And I get that Max is looking for any kind of edge he can get, which is great, by the way. He should be looking for any kind of edge he can get. But don't get too cute about it. Just make sure you get your pitch off before one because you don't want to have yourself a pitch violation. And now what batters are going to do it's interesting. Batters are also now going to try to get the, the pace back from the pitcher by getting set in the box early and getting ready and forcing the pitcher to get on the mound and do something. So there's going to be a lot of cat and mouse between the batter and the pitcher. I did, by the way, see in that Saturday game, because I've gotten this question, hey, how are you going to score a strikeout? If there's a violation, and I've kind of brushed it aside, it's not going to happen. Don't worry about it. Well, on Saturday, David Peterson ended an inning with a violation strikeout. And so quickly I had to decide, you know, what the hell do I do? It's a violation strikeout. What do I put? So I came up with two ideas, by the way. All right. 
One idea was backwards K and a frontwards K. You put the two lines there. So it's like you put a line straight down and then the backwards K and then the, the regular K. But then I did it and I said, it doesn't look like anything. It looks like a tree. It just What the hell is that? So then I settled for what I think most people are going to do. I put a regular K and a V on top of it for violation. So I think that's the answer for those scoring at home, that it's going to be a K with a V over it. Because I tried, hey, let's combine the backwards K and the frontwards K. It's perfect. Now it's like the, nah, you don't like v- that? Well, you like the V better? The VK is the, 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 VK is the way to go. That's no question. That, that's the first thing that pops into my mind. Yeah, so you should see. It reminded me of when I was young and I was learning how to drive. And I didn't know what hazards were, the hazards. I called it the double blinker. I was like, look at that double blinker. I'm a confused people. I'm making a left. No, I'm making a right. You don't know what I'm doing. And then my dad said, son, that's the hazards. You put them on and explained it to me. But yeah, my, my forward and backwards K was like the hazards while you're driving a car. So the one thing I will say about this whole Max Scherzer thing is, I don't even know if he really – I'm not saying that he doesn't care, but I think he's almost going above and beyond to make sure that – because he does seem like he's the cat and mouse game. He does want to have every single edge. It's, and it's it, Dude, it's if you're not if you're not cheating, you're not trying, right? As they say, this yep. is not cheating, but you're trying to stretch the rules as much, yeah. much as possible. So he's trying to get – so that once the season comes, he'll be the most prepared, unlike maybe some others. Yeah, look, this is what this is about. I mean, that's one of the disadvantages a lot of these pitchers are going to have, and hitters to a degree, by going to the WBC, because the WBC isn't going to have a pitch clock. So you're kind of eliminating a week and a half of tinkering with these things, Uh, the different advantages or disadvantages, when the truth is just go into the freaking batter's box. If you're the pitcher, just throw the damn ball. You know, 98% of the time, it's just not that complicated. And in the baseball I've watched outside of that violation in the Marlins Met game, which was a clear violation. It was weird for me to score that. I don't think there was any other violations in the game and it just had a good pace. It was just a game that moved and it was a blowout because the Mets destroyed them. And that was great. I mean, I enjoyed that. I enjoyed the fact that Mark Vientos hit a couple of bombs. That's what I really enjoyed. He had a single early on against Jesus Lazardo, which is good to see because Lazardo's the kind of guy He's going to face, I mean, think about it, in the division, lefty, you're going to see him. The right-handed DH, whoever it turns out to be, he's facing Jesus Lazardo a handful of times this year. So right out of the gate, singles off of him. Then he hits a couple of just absolute bombs. And while Mauricio is getting all the attention, and I totally get why, and Brett Beatty is getting a lot of attention, and I certainly understand why. Like I've said from the top, Vientos is the guy to me who's got the best chance to make and put his imprint on this team by having a big camp while Darren Ruff twiddles his thumbs. Now, Darren Ruff's going to get the play soon. Once he's back and is playing, there is no Pete Alonso for a while because he's uh, off with Team America in the World Baseball Classic, and there's going to be a lot of extra at-bats. So Darren Ruff's eventually going to play once he's cleared, and God forbid he has a big spring training. <laughs> then, then he'll safely get his right-handed DH job. Or he has a big spring training and some team trades for him, which I guess is the dream. But Vientos is not only hitting, 
but he's hitting lefties. And that's what you want to see. That's what you're looking for if you're Billy Epler. So Vientos is off to a very good start. Beatty's off to a very good start. Mauricio's off to a very good start. But I still stand by the fact that Vientos has the best chance to make this team. Beatty also has a shot now, though. You know, I got a few emails about this in our little at uh, emailing the RicoB at gmail.com. What about Beatty? Can Beatty make this team? Does Beatty have a shot? Hey, here's what I, I wonder about. So Beatty is hitting, no doubt about it. And Eduardo Escobar is not. Eduardo Escobar, I think, is three for 17 so far in Mets spring training. Number one, how much does spring training or how much should we look at spring training for a veteran like Eduardo Escobar? What does it mean? Like, you're going to cut him? You're going to trade him off for nothing? Like, what are you going to do with Eduardo Escobar because of a bad spring training? I wouldn't do either, by the way. I wouldn't. That doesn't mean I wouldn't make Beatty my starter, but I'm I'm going to just dump him? I'm just going to move on from him? And I'm going to do that based on a crappy March? That doesn't make a lot of sense to me. We all remember that last year he had a bad, bad year until September. I acknowledge that. But... My point to you is March. Like that's going to be the thing that makes you say, get rid of him. Now I'm not a believer in getting rid of him. I'm a believer in making it work with Beatty where he's got a lot of at bats and Beatty's hit and he's starting to, to earn that. What I'm pointing out though, is why should Escobar struggles really impact this? Because we're talking about March struggles from a veteran player. I think sometimes we completely overrate what happens in spring training. And we especially do with veterans. He's also leaving, by the way. He's also going to go to Team Venezuela, and who knows how long he'll be gone. Should that impact his status as the opening day or everyday third baseman? I, I don't think it should. What I think it should is Beatty's hitting should earn him a spot on this roster and then a chance to get more at-bats, some of which will be at third base, some of which will be at DH, some of which could be at left field. And that's the big one to me because the Mets do not have a lot of outfield depth. And I don't want to be a hypocrite here because I just said, what does spring training mean? Tommy Pham is making a terrible first impression because he's old for 15. Doesn't mean they should cut him. Doesn't mean it matters but they don't have a lot of outfield depth. And we knew that no matter what Tommy Pham was doing in spring training. It doesn't matter. They don't. Because you're talking about Mark Canna, who should play a lot, but maybe not every, every day. You're talking about Brandon Nimmo, we still haven't seen here in spring training. And hopefully he plays every day and he's healthy. And Starling Marte, who hasn't played yet in spring training, who's not going to play every day early on because you're going to want to make sure he's healthy. So you are really going to need guys to step up in the outfield. And as I've mentioned a lot, Jeff McNeil could simply be that guy with Beatty playing third and Escobar playing second. That's completely fine. So I'm all for Beatty making this team. Love the ladies off. My main point is I don't think Escobar struggling in spring training should really change much for him. So if you're the Mets, though, and you've been hell-bent on really defense is going to be a main key, so that's really why we're talking like if Beatty and, and Vientos and these younger guys just defensively aren't ready, okay, fine. But you're, you're saying, had they earned themselves a spot because of where they're hitting? But if they're not playing, if you can't find enough at-bats for Beatty in the first 15 games, is it really, if you're the Mets, 
is it worth even even have them up in the bigs? Well, I think for Vientos, it's it's pretty straightforward. You know, even though we've seen him play third base and first base in spring training, and I can't tell you how great he is defensively just based on that small sample size of what I've seen. But Mark Vientos has a clear role if he makes this team, and that is the right-handed DH. That's what he is. And I think that's – it fits. It's obvious. It's him instead of Darren Ruff. He doesn't have to play a lot of defense, so his defense doesn't matter. That's his role. The Beatty thing is a little bit more complicated. And obviously, I've thrown out a lot of different ways where you can get him at-bats. But you're right. It may not be consistent at-bats because I don't know if right out of the gate the Mets are benching Eduardo Escobar. I don't necessarily see that happening. Where he could get at-bats, and I'm not rooting for this, obviously, is if Marte isn't ready to start the year. Because if Marte isn't ready to start the year, I'm not one to just say play Tommy Pham every day. I'm sorry. That's not me. That may be what they do. That's not what I would say. What I would say is stick someone in the outfield, probably McNeil, and have Beatty at third, Escobar at second. And there's your at-bats. So one thing that could really contribute to is there enough playing time for Beatty right out of the gate is the health of Starling Marte. If he's healthy and Nimmo is healthy, if everybody's pretty much healthy, like I've said at the top, I I think he's going to have a tough time making the team. We were debating that when we were making our roster predictions. It's why I've been consistent that the young player with the best opportunity to make this roster is Mark Vientos because there's a clear, obvious role for him. There's a place for him. It is going to be really weird because SNY is televising it in a couple of days. The Mets are playing a spring training game against Venezuela. And so Eduardo Escobar is on Venezuela. It's just, you know, we're going to sit there as a Met fan watching the game. It's not about who to root for because, you know, it's not like winning the games really matter, which we'll get to in a little bit. I compiled every spring training record the Mets have ever had in their history. And we'll see if there's any pattern with, Good spring trainings and winning, bad spring trainings and winning, bad spring trainings and losing. We'll take a look at that in a little bit. But it is going to be strange to see the Mets facing some Mets as basically the Mets are losing a million guys to this WBC. The guys who don't have jobs on the line, it's like, all right, so Lindor is getting his spring training with Team Puerto Rico. Okay, Alonzo's getting his spring training with Team America. But there are a couple of guys who I'm like, is it really wise to leave? One of which is Elisar Hernandez. He's on the WBC. And I'm thinking, dude, you're battling for a roster spot. I I don't know. I'm being honest here. Is Buck and Billy going to look at how you pitched in the WBC and factor that into the decision? I don't know. It may not help you. So for the guys that clearly are going to be on the roster, Adam Adovino, is pitching in the WBC. Brooks Raleigh is pitching in the WBC. Fine. Just get out of this thing healthy.